All right, guys, welcome to the Property Profits Podcast. I'm your host, Bryce Kaminsky, stepping in for Dave Dubois. He's working on the next big thing. So if you've ever been thinking, oh, I need to uh, you know, invest in some single family home or I need to do some sort of land development, chances are it might be closer to home. And by closer to home, it might be the condo that you actually are um, already maybe owning or a part owner in because there is money there. And today on the show, I've got Josh Martin. He's going to tell us a little bit about how he was able to, you know, make some money in real estate through his condo. Josh, how are you doing today? I'm great, man. Thanks for having me on the show. Um, and you and Dave, it's, it's going to be fun. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a pretty decent, it's a little short. I usually do hour longs on my other things, but you know, sometimes all you need is a good uh, 20, 30 minutes to get to the point. So, um, the big question everyone always wants to know is like, you know, you're at a networking event and you're shaking hands or like, how'd you get started in real estate? So tell the people at home, like, what was your first, you know, entry into it and, and, you know, what got you addicted to doing real estate? Yeah, sure. So, um, when I was 21, um, I was renting a place, uh, and the landlord approached us at some point I was working out of town up North in the oil fields mm -hmm. and, uh, they, her son and her own the condo that we were living in mm -hmm. and they're like yeah we, we just want to get out of it we're not sure that we want to keep it anymore um and you know i built a bit of a relationship with darla and i said you know what what would you guys want for it and uh so she gave me a price and i said well if we do it between us and we don't need the realtors involved right right so she gave me a price i did some research i was like yeah okay that sounds good um and you know i'm working in the patch so i could come up with a little bit more money pretty quick so i was like okay give me like a month i'll get the deposit that i need for funding so we went down that path and i ended up purchasing that property um we were in that property for four years and then the market where i am in bc kind of like shot right up and uh i was like we should take advantage of this so um I sold out. Uh, my condo was the, the highest selling one in the building at the time. And uh, I made 100k profit. It was my first like dabble in real estate, right? I was like, this is really cool. Um, and I heard like horror stories and, and like people make the money and then they lose mm -hmm. it and whatever, right? Yeah. And so I was like, okay, I got to get back into something. And so I went into the next deal, which was with my parents. Um, and that was a land deal. We bought two properties side by side. Mm -hmm. In all honesty, it was more than we could chew. Um, yeah. But that's kind of, you know, how I got started into it. And then now I'm into real estate development. Uh, I work for a big development company here and uh, I handle the construction side of things. But that was my first kind of deal in real estate and it kind of got me hooked into how it worked. Um, I've learned a lot since and that's kind of how I started. Yeah. And so um, what about your, you know, education background in real estate? Did you read some books? Did you get a coach or, you know, what, where, where's your education come from to kind of be effective so, in the real estate market? So up until that point, I hadn't read or really done anything. Um, you know, I, it always piqued my interest real estate on where it was going to go, what I was going to do with it. You know, there's so many different avenues that you can go into it. Um, so I hadn't done any research up until then. And then I went into those two land deals, went through that fumbled our way through it. And then 2019 came and I found Grant Cardone. Mm -hmm. And started studying all his stuff, getting involved in the sales, the real estate, learning how he's putting deals together, and then come up to forward to where we are now. I now have my development group of mentors that are showing me how they're funding deals privately, how they're working out the 
um, equity, the CMHC, like in heavily involving me in that. So that's kind of my education side. Now I still have grants platform and, and watch it, but yeah. that's kind of my day-to-day stuff as I'm getting it from the company I'm with now. And how did you, you you mentioned you were uh, working in the oil sands, I guess it was up in, uh, I guess, Fort Mac or that area. You know, people make good money and sometimes they take that direct flight to Las Vegas. I know I've been to Fort Mac and I'm looking at the thing. It's like flight to Calgary, flight to Las Vegas. I'm like, that's, you know, if there's two options, where are you going? So how did you manage to stay, you know, you know, disciplined enough to have that money to get into that condo? Uh, the truth of it is until up until the point that they said, do you want to buy this? I didn't. Um, mm-hmm. I fell into that category. Like I made good money and I would come home and it's like, yeah, let's go for dinner every night. And I had the nice yeah. truck and then all the toys. Every time a new phone came out, I bought one. Like, And that was kind of our lifestyle, right? Um, I did put money away smart enough to put money into like RSPs and stuff, but it wasn't mm-hmm. as much as I probably could have. So um, up until that point where it was like, hey, you know, shit or get off the pot. This is the deal that's in front of you. And I had to really kind of, uh, accumulate that money I hadn't really done much saving to be honest yeah and then it's sometimes it's just about having something that's um, worth investing in that can have you shift your spending habits you know usually real estate is one of those things that has people shifting their habits so let's fa- let you know let's go down to the condo you guys were you were living in there or were you renting it out because I guess you're going back and forth it's empty. Were you just leaving it empty or did you have roommates? Like how did you, uh, you know, support that or manage that thing while you're out of town? So when I was out of town, my uh, girlfriend at the time was living in the, in the building for the first few months when I first bought it, we weren't living together three or six months, something like that. I can't mm-hmm. remember. Um, so it would just be empty when I was gone being a condo. It's a little bit safer than your house. Right. So I just yeah. left um, and I would yeah. come home for my week or 10 days off. Um, but we had rented it previous to that and, um, we just ended up fortunate enough to be in the right place where they were like, Hey, we want out of this. Can we buy it? Um, and it actually lowered our rent. Our rent was a little bit cheaper by turning it into a mortgage, which was, which was nice. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how we manage that for the most part. Okay. So then you got that a hundred K out and like you were saying, you know, some people, uh, go to Vegas with it, right? Some people like make a windfall in real estate and then it never gets reinvested, but you made a point to, to do something uh, with it. That was that land deal. And then, you know, where have you been? Cause now what I'm curious is how did you get into actually working in these developments? Was that, that land deal led you to working with these, with these companies that are doing these buildings? Yeah, so so my background is very heavy in the civil infrastructure side of things and earth moving. Um, and that's kind of, you know, my superpower, I guess you would call it in my yeah. in my skills that I bring to the table now, right? Um, so I was working for a civil company in the time I was helping them run uh, the civil operation. And uh, we got into the, the deal. I'll go a little bit more detail into it. Um, so we bought these two properties side by side. Um, with the intention to build because I was in that network, I was like, okay, we have a builder that will help us with the license so that we don't have to, you know, pay somebody a 10 or 20% on top of our fee. Mm -hmm. Um, So we worked out a deal there, went to the financing. And then of course, financing kind of stumbled us on a few things when we were doing the stress test. They're like, well, you would make it, but you have this other property. Mm -hmm. So we went down like every avenue. We're like, okay, do we sell one of these vacant ones to my brother for a dollar so it's not on our thing like how do we you know and and nothing seemed to work um so unfortunately we 
ended up not building. Um, mm-hmm. We sold the plans to the new um, owners and we ended up being fortunate enough to walk away clean. Um, mm-hmm. So we didn't lose any money um, aside from, you know, maybe a little bit of interest, but yeah, and- minimal, minimal stuff, amount. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then we just kind of closed out of it. I learned a lot from that, um, particularly, you know, working with family love my parents, um, but they're not in that aspect of the civil and the earthworks and how all that works. So they didn't understand it. Right. Um, and that is part of my fault is I should have explained a little bit better. So that deal fell through. And then over the journey, I've just kind of continued through my civil works and, and keeping my head down, worked for some bigger companies and always seemed to work my way into some sort of management position. And then uh, I took a step back and went to work for a financial services company for six months. And then the pandemic hit and unfortunately my wife got let go of work. So I went back to work and uh, that civil experience is what got me into development um, because the developers that I work for, one of their biggest Achilles heels was not knowing what's in the ground and how to handle it. And unfortunately, when you do these new developments, your architect, your civil engineer, your structural guys, they don't understand how all that stuff works necessarily. They just know, okay, it has to fit in this box of requirements. Yeah. But when you get in the real world, it doesn't fit like that. Um, so I've been able to add some value in that sense. And that's a big part of my role now is making sure, you know, when we design these buildings, they flip it over to me and it's like, okay, does this even work practically? Mm-hmm. Like, can we build this? Is there th- something we need to change? Is there cost savings? So that's what I do now for the most part on a daily basis, as well as help managing the crew up in the Kelowna Valley now. Oh, interesting. Because, yeah, some of those developments, they're digging way down. Like you're digging these pits, you know, that these guys yeah. are working in, moving dirt and stuff like that. So you're mostly handling like the 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 the, the digging of the foundations and how that works. Because you're right. They're like, on paper, this sounds good. And we'll just go down the you know, 15 meters and you're like, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know about yeah. that guys. Like there's yeah. rocks here and whatever here. So you think that oil it, sands work helped, uh, kind of understand that. I think so because it got me used to it. I mean, in Alberta, like I'm in BC now, but in Alberta yeah. we have clay, right? So in certain patches, when you would hit clay in BC, people were like, I don't know what to do with this versus all the guys that have been in Alberta is like, well, we got to get this, this, and this, and it'll be fine. Um, so I, th- I think it definitely played a small part in it for sure. Mm-hmm. So is your plans now to um, get back into real estate? Are you looking for that next deal? Is that what you're, you're, you're got your eyes open for the next thing? Yeah. So with the, uh, with the company I'm with now, I have the opportunity as an employee to invest into any of our real estate deals. Should okay. I see fit? Um, so I get the benefit of that. I am still obviously having conversations with other developers for me, it's not so much that I'm looking to put the money in. I'm trying to use my skill set in the civil and earthwork side of things. And it's like, okay, if you've got a project, I'll put in some time on this and help you manage mm-hmm. it better. But I want a piece of the cake at the end kind of thing. Um, so that's kind of what I'm looking for now. I've got a few kind of tenders out. And then through the network, I've been able to network with some guys that are doing some stuff in Florida, um, a bunch of guys in Texas. And so I add value on those calls in that sense as well to kind of help them go through, you know, ways that I would think we should structure the, the, the build, you know, what areas can you face the building? What ways can you put the road, like all that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So that's kind of my avenue of it. I mean, my personal goal over my life is to have a hundred uh, doors of my own or with partners. So that's the goal long-term, but yeah, right now I'm looking for those land deals that I can add some value to 
um, in, in exchange for some sort of equity or, you know, a consulting fee on this side, if that's what it comes to. So the, um, the interest in American real estate, you know, a lot of people say BC is a little too hot to, to handle if you don't have the big money. Is that why you're uh, starting to look down south? I mean, it's definitely, you know, there's places you can buy a house for like 15 grand and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. what, what got you interested in taking a look down south? Are people coming to you or are you going down there? Like, how's that, how's that played out? I think big part of it was being in the Grant Cardone circle because he's in the States. Um, and then I just started getting networking with more people and it kind of became a thing. The, they have some unique opportunities in the States that we don't unfortunately have in Canada. Um, one of the simplest ones is like our, if you own a home in the States, your interest can be written off every year. We don't have that benefit here. Um, also, the like you mentioned, the barrier to entry is a lot less in the States than it is in Canada, right? Um, I reference like, it to Alberta because Alberta is the more affordable province, right? And then you got Saskatchewan, obviously, too. But um, it's... Don't, for, don't forget about Manitoba over here. We're just... Oh, we're yeah, just Manitoba, yeah. The flyover <laughs> provinces, let's call them. Yeah. You know, if Ontario yeah. and Alberta just collapsed, maybe no one would even remember. So yeah, I don't, yeah, it's definitely I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is affordability, yeah. And they just have um, they have more incentives. And depending where you go like Texas, for instance, like I was down there probably a month ago now, and it, it's just a different ball game. Like the, the whole permitting process is, you know, simplified to the point where it's like, does it meet your, the, the zoning? Does it meet the height? Here's your permit. And it's just like built, yeah. right? There's none of the like political crap that comes along with a lot of stuff in BC. Um, yeah. I know particularly in BC, there's a few municipalities that people won't work for. Like developers will be like, you know what? It's not even worth it, even if the land's cheap, because it's just to put through the the councils and those things. It's just such a problem, right? Yeah, and and considering the the housing shortage, you'd think they'd be trying to push these things along, but there seems to be, you know, at least from my experience, and maybe you can touch on this. There's like a disjoint between policy and plans and execution, because like we need more houses, but there seems to be not much, you know pressure from the top to make that happen yeah. where are you seeing that in bc with your development experience oh it's it's a huge gap like it's you know down to policies like in bc we have the bc building code uh and energy code that you have to get to um so the energy code is like if you get to step code five which they're trying to get to by 2030 mm -hmm. um your house basically has to be a passive house so it can't lose any energy and the wow. problem with that is you're creating now you've got you know, every engineer under the sun involved. Now you got a uh, energy modeling engineer. Like you start adding all that on to a very simple house. Well, of course the price is going to go up, right? But they're like, oh, well, we're being energy efficient. But yet a province like Alberta has built like that forever. It's 10 times colder <laughs> and it's, you know, they're not mm -hmm. changing anything. doesn't necessarily mean that what they're doing is, you know, the best way to do it, but it works, Right. Um, in BC, we just we have such a gap between you know developers and and policy that's going on, and, and even between developers and construction that we're trying like our team building our development and our construction side, we're trying to shorten up that gap by hiring people like myself and a couple of people that work for me because they have skills and set areas that are more on the construction base, right? So for us, we're trying to see and mitigate that, 
And I think a lot of developers are going that way is there, you know, can we bring our own construction team in house to kind of help mitigate the consultants and how do we handle all this? Um, but yeah, that, that gap is massive. And, and unfortunately, I don't see it shortening up anytime soon. I think it's going to get worse before it gets better. Yeah. And, um, you know, one thing that I always like to ask the developers when they're on the show is the interest rates typically are stalling development. Are you guys seeing the lending canceling projects or is it business as usual? What's the forecast from some guy, uh, you know, someone like yourself on the ground? Um, so from us, cause I get to like, I'm, I'm more heavy on the construction side. I get to dabble in that. And I've been to a few of our, um, you know, banking meetings and whatever, mm-hmm. um, we're pushing through, but you know, they're, the dynamic isn't so much it's the interest rate is there, but it's more on, okay, if we were going to build single family on this or duplexes, now it's like, how do we put townhomes in instead? Mm-hmm. Right. Cause we got to get the, the amount of units up now to account for the interest rate being so high. So those are the kinds of things that we're dealing with is we're going through some redevelopment. How do we change this? So it fits the land better. How does it impact the amount of units? You know, what is the rent rolls? How does all that work to try to, you know, counteract the, the interest rate. So you're pushing through, but you're having to densify your plans. Is that what I'm hearing? So more yeah. units, that's good, but more units at the cost of what smaller units, smaller units. Yeah. All right. So we're getting yeah. to, we're, we're looking towards the future. What are we talking? Smaller units, like 300 square feet, 400 square feet. Um, We haven't built anything that size yet. Um, I think the ones that I'll be building in the next few months um, in West Kelowna are about 900. So we're still doing a decent size. How do they uh, measure up to what you were building before? If it's at 900 today, mm-hmm. what was it prior? Um, so my, so if we go back to the condo that I bought, mm-hmm. that condo was 1,280 square feet, right? And it was more of a, like open kind of plan versus yeah. now we're doing 900 square feet, but because of all the energy stuff and modeling that we have to have, you've got extra ducts. So you get a wall somewhere randomly, or, you know, mm-hmm. like we do our best to obviously make it more open, but um, they are definitely changing in size. Usually, unfortunately, some of the, like the second bedroom usually gets shrunk down mm-hmm. to try and make up space, which then, you know, probably becomes an office or kids room or something. Um, so I haven't seen it drastically in ours, but I know there are other developers around that are going quite a little bit smaller to, you know, the seven to 800 kind of range in, in like the studio style. Okay. So now we're here, we're, you know, just for the timestamp here, it's October the 20th, 2023, looking towards 2026 over the next three years. What are your plans um, as far as real estate and where do you th- see things going as someone who's in the development industry? Yeah. So um, I obviously anticipate staying with the company that I'm with and kind of building on the side. Um, you know, uh, I think it's Ryan Pena. He talks about that as, you know, should get to a certain income threshold before you go into, you know, buying tons of real estate. So yeah. I'm working on that and I want to start building some multifamily. We're actually currently looking at some stuff in Calgary seeing if there's areas that are, you know, rezoned and ready to go with an old house on them, we can knock them down. Yeah. Um, so those are kind of where we're focusing our energy on right now. I think for us starting in BC is a little bit rich, particularly in Kelowna, you know, yeah. Armstrong, 
Lumbee, some of those areas are really great, um, but we're kind of looking a little bit further away from ourselves right now. And so that would basically be the plan is to kind of get a few of those under our belt into a holding company and uh, bring in some partners on it, as well as invest back into the company that I, on the development side that I'm with, with, you know, bonuses or my own money or creative mm-hmm. ways to do it. Um, so that's kind of my projection for the next three years. And uh, for you, for those of you listening along at home and not on the video, this guy looks relatively young. He's a, he's a good looking guy here. How old are you now? And how much longer do you have to get to 100 doors? Um, so I'm 29. I turned 30 in December. Um, so I would happy, like to see that 100. Happy early birthday. 30 is a big <laughs> year. You, good for you, man. Yeah. Um, I personally would like to see that 100 door by like 50, 55. Um, I know it's, you know, it's, okay. um, you know, some people can do it really, really fast. Um, I've, you know, between me and my wife, we've got some other goals with her business too. And I know if we just start and start accumulating them, they'll just get bigger and bigger. And eventually, you know, we'll be able to buy a unit that's 25 units or something like that. Right. So, um, we're being patient with it, but at the same time, I do know that, you know, it's only 20 years away. So, um, that's kind of our goal. 20 years, a hundred doors. What's that? Five, eight, five a year. Am I doing the math right? Yeah, I think you are. I'm not the greatest at math, but yeah, yeah, that's five. Let's get out our calculator. (laughs) You're not going to have a calculator everywhere you go, son. You better learn. Actually, I do, sir. So, um, yeah, I mean, a hundred doors, certainly there's, you know, you could get into syndication. You could, you could probably get into parts of these things with these developments. I wouldn't be surprised with, you know, you're relatively young. I didn't even start real estate until I was, uh, I turned 30 actually. And I was like, I'm not making enough money. I got to go and do something where the decimal places are a little bit bigger. So I moved into real estate yeah. and started in on that. I'm 39 now. And you know, it's, it's possible to get to a hundred. If I had kept everything I ever touched, I'd be at over probably 150 properties. But the main thing here is you got lots of time, lots of runway. And I think you're positioned for your, for your age to really absorb and the opportunities to invest are going to be huge. So a hundred doors, I bet you you could do it by thirty-five. That's for sure, it's definitely possible. Yeah, well, with not a whole lot of work, possible. it's. I think. I think the big thing is like, whatever you know, however long I, I can't remember who it was saying, but it was like, however long you set to for it to happen, it will be done, right? So whatever, if if that's your goal, but it's good that you're balancing um, both of them because you can't just, you know, I was interviewing another guy earlier today, and he's like. You know, you could hustle and tell you, you know, you could do 12 deals a year, but 10 is, is probably a pace because sometimes people talk about slow and fast, but the reality is pace, you know, a repeatable, maintainable pace. So whatever that is for you, I'm, I'm sure you'll figure that out and I'm sure you'll get there. So if people want to get in contact with you, Josh Martin, invest with you, learn more about you, get them consulting on their projects, how do they find you? Uh, the easiest way is my Instagram. So it just is, um, I am Josh Martin. Um, and I'll, I'll answer any questions, emails, whatever uh, messages that I can. I'm more than willing to chat with people. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, this, this guy's a wealth of knowledge. You should hit him up on Instagram. I am Josh Martin and, uh, yeah, time flies when you're having fun and I will see you guys on the next episode. Mm-hmm.